0: us through the questions basically uh and then then we we just how many how much minute do we have how many time how much time do we have to answer i'm question? just
1: going to be like 50 minutes but uh, we're live no, no. now
0: okay yes. like per question like what what would it be like per per like is it is it some time frame or anything like that
1: so 45 minutes we're going to talk about nlp what's that is why you got certified it okay, um, why you got into sales and marketing and what's the importance okay. of mindfulness
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Perfect. Perfect. No problem. No problem. Welcome to the show, Garish. Thank Um, you. Thank you. It's a pleasure
1: to talk to you and I'm looking forward to hearing more about your story and the importance of mindfulness and how my audience can uh, learn from that and use it in their life. But let's get right into the introduction and then we're going to get right into this conversation. Sure. Thank you. Welcome to the show, Garish, and I want to talk about NLP. What that is and why it is important.
0: Yeah, so um, NLP actually, the full form is neuro linguistic programming. And that was it was uh, way back started in um, you know 1970 by the Dr. Richard Bandler and um, uh, John Grinder. And uh, I learned it actually from Robert Dills, who was a student of uh, John Grinder and uh, Robert um, uh, Richard, Band- Richard Bandler. And this all started way back in the university in, um, uh, in um, California, uh, San Jose University of Cal- um, California, UC- UCSC. And uh, so it was started in the campus, uh, and they, they had this subject where Robert was studying with them. And, and um, you know, since then, um, neuro-linguistic programming has been you know, across the world. And the whole idea about neuro-linguistic programming was that, um, you know, the difference between therapy and neuro-linguistic. So therapy is you go into the past, like, you know, you, you you take the people through the past and then see what was not working. But NLP is all about they found out that what works well, you know, uh, how successful people are successful. How can we model the success? And that is how the neuro-linguistic programming came into it's all about you know, understanding the behavior pattern because there is a language and that is a programming you know as something is already programmed in your computer, you cannot change that. Whatever you see on your screen is a program. So there is a program already there and built. So we try to understand and try to um, see where the program is coming from, how the behavior pattern is coming from is it from childhood, is it you know when was it developed? And then we try to uh, untie that uh, and, and kind of have a model to, to follow success basically. Because successful people have done something and that's how they're successful. So you don't have to go through the whole process. They, 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 you know, Just follow the process of uh, the successful people and you'll get there. Okay, so I got me it. From me so. and just to give you an example, like how I started is that I started about 10 years back, um, basically when I was working with children uh, as part of the Toastmasters uh, program uh, to help them develop their public speaking skills. So uh, I started with uh, learning how to kind of understand them, how to work with them, because, you know, working with teenagers is not that easy, you know, especially the 12 and the 17 years <laughs> is pretty challenging and they have their own terms and conditions. So I said, okay, if I have to work with them, I need to understand. I need to understand their behavior. And, and that is where I got really interested in, in you know, legalist programming. And, and uh, so the, from there, I've been working with them, working with their parents. Um, so you know, and kind of understanding their, their behavior pattern and not judging them. The one thing I learned not to judge them and listen, how to listen. And sometimes in the NLP, the beauty about it is that you don't listen need to listen to the stories. You just need to kind of see their behavior, the visual cues, and then you can understand what's going, going in their world, you know.
1: Okay, so you just kinda like examine them, see
0: how they go about their yeah, exactly, awesome exactly beliefs, and then you just kinda yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And moreover, it's about, you know, motivating them, kind of understanding them, uh, appreciating them. Um, so NLP has got so many tools. It's got like, you know, we have one tool which helps us to understand the building of rapport. How do you calibrate, uh, you know? Um, and, and that also, you can take it into sales or any part of the world, but how to kind of listen, how to actively listen, um, you know, and also the cues, basically, we have this visual, kinesthetic and auditory languages, you know, which we try to understand. There is this uh, another model wherein, uh, it, it, you know, we kind of understand that is the person more, um, you know, towards or is away from his goal? Is he proactive or is he, you know, reactive? So these are all tools in NLP we learn, actually, which is which is really fascinating
1: yeah it sounds very fascinating. I really want to get into how you yeah. talk to kids. I know kids are different than yeah. adults and sometimes yeah. like I know a lot of um therapists they do the sign up type of things like they have to listen to their client and see where they're at and they have to talk yeah. to them like if they talk low, if they talk high, they kind of have to like um vibe with that energy so they can yeah. feel like that connection,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what that was the challenge was. And I've been doing that for 10 years. So again, it was my passion. Uh, It's been an amazing journey. And without NLP, I don't think so. Uh, I would have learned, but also NLP helped me in sales. You know, when I started NLP, the same year, I had to take up a new role as, as a divisional director and, you know, the business was not doing well. So I had to take the business. Uh, It was just just doing probably about $100,000. So that was my challenge to take it to a profitable. And and in in eight years or so, we took it to approximately about $4.5 million, starting from $100,000. So it was, again, all about the the NLP, which helped me to work with the clients to, you know, understand their behavior patterns, uh, you know, and listen and kind of, you know, build rapport, calibrate with them and ask questions. Because one thing, in, in sales is that, you know, we try and tend to talk more about the features and products and rather than listen. This is one thing I've learned from NLP is that listen 80% and just share 20% because we want to be more curious about what the client wants to say about his uh, his expectations, you know.
1: You know, that's funny. I just read a book called Why. I forgot the uh, author, but he kind of talks about that. Not just talking yeah. about your product, but kind of talking yeah. about how it could benefit your customer yeah. and talking about them first and why... Exactly. I, Exactly. That's important. Yes, so. yes, absolutely. But before you continue, um, I do want to like break it down into like a blueprint, so then like yes. my audience can like use it in their life. Let's say sure. they're in sales, but they don't know how to go about uh, gaining clients to sure. just get better at their business. Like, what five tips would you give them to engage with their customers to get yeah, more sales?
0: That. Yeah, that's a good question. So the first is, as I said, I was mentioning to you is that uh, to build rapport you know it's like um, a is not only about you know they 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 call it the body language you know you just kind of but building a rapo is trying to understand from the client that what what does he like you know uh, what is his um, uh, you, you want to get on his good side this is what i say is building a rapport is that like for instance i'll give you an example like in uh, if you go for an a, you go when you a lot of people fly now after covid you know people have been flying so if i go into the counter you know the first thing i would say is that how are you doing you know rather than just check my bags in get my ticket no i would just open a conversation you know i'm not interested in in just asking things first so i would say how are you doing how was the day you know how's your family and make them feel comfortable so that's the first thing and then if i want to ask for if can i get an upgrade or or can i you know or 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 or, um, you know if there's an extra baggage that i need to put in but now i have a conversation i've made a relationship so what i'm trying to say is that unless and until you don't have a relationship it's it's no point in asking for business business will come but people only buy from people people don't buy from companies people don't buy for the best of the product the best of the feature you know, you need to make that relationship. And one needs to also calibrate. Like if the person is not understanding what I'm trying to say or or isn't feeling a bit agitated or he's out of time. You know, the one thing I learned is that someone sees a time, it's probably you're boring, you're, you're kind of going out of track or it's, it's, you know, you need to change the topic. So this is like kind of rapport and calibration. But this is the first step I would say that very, very important that have a relationship, conversation. And it may take one month, two months, three months, four months, Sometimes I've had I had to wait for about a year to to build that relationship, and then the business started. But never give up. This is one thing is so that's the first tip. Then the second one I would say is that uh, you know uh, listen. Very important is that that when you are uh, going to a client, you want to listen to the client, understand that pain, understand where they are coming from, understand what is the need they have. Uh, so you know, than, pretty
1: much active listening and listening for yes. their pain
0: points absolutely because everybody has a pain point but the more you ask the questions and nlp is all about questioning it's not about how is that what is that you could have done better or what is the, what is that i could do to help you to get to your bottom line or you know so asking those questions is very very key you know and the third important factor is that state management if a salesperson is not doesn't have any state management then the problem is that that he won't be able to show his enthusiasm. You know, he's just going. If he doesn't believe in his product, if he doesn't believe in himself, there is no way that he's going to believe uh, in in the client. You know, that the client will will say that he doesn't believe in his product. So how should I buy it? So the the client will feel it. So believe in yourself and believe in the product is very important. Um, so so that's having a strong problem. why in that aspect. Yeah, it's, absolutely,
1: Khalid. Absolutely, in that that's big important. feeling. Like I see that with Apple customers, like they're all like in this whole click and Apple team, team, iPhone.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. And the the, the fourth is, you know, being more interested in the client. What does he like? You know, what is the games he likes to play or what is his hobbies? Uh, What food does he like? You know, when I travel with all the customers around the world, I try to understand what is the type of the food they like? What do they like to see? Where do they like to go? You know, and that is more of, I'm not talking about business, but I'm just having a chat with them. I'm taking them out, you know, and then the more time you spend to them, with them, the more you understand. So that also I've learned uh, very, very important that just engage and try to be more curious. The word would be more curious.
1: But well, we also live in a world where a lot of people are pretty protective. So if you, if you do try to like approach them in a nice way, just give them a compliment. Some people like... uh They kind of just look the other way
0: some people don't accept that how do you go about that when you approach somebody yeah that's a great question so what i have learned is that you know you always ask a question about themselves about their family about what do they like what are their hobbies you know how did they manage that situation you know when when it when it was a bit of challenging so people like to talk about themselves you know, and that is what the key thing is. So then you don't become more of that. Uh, there is this wall doesn't come, you know, towards you saying that, oh, they're blocking. They don't want to share. And sometimes it might be too personal. So that's where calibration comes. You know, I have asked a question, which is not right. I changed the question immediately, you know. And the other thing about NLP is, again, you know, when we say about the visual kinesthetic auditory, the, the fifth one I would say is that. That understanding that every person has got a different, um, you know, uh, system, like, you know, some maybe visual. So when I talk, I talk to them, how do you see that situation happening? You know, how did you see that thing coming towards you? Or how did you feel, you know, uh, the, you know when that situation was coming in? Uh, or, or how do you feel hugging to hugging your children or your grandchildren? You know, what was that feeling like? And And what do you smell, you know, when things are not right or that food? How do you know that food is good? So, you know, you're taking them into a different conversation and there's nothing about- uh, Trying to tap into their about... senses? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, sorry? Oh, you're trying to tap into their senses. You say feel, yes, Exactly. exactly touch, exactly. Uh, smell. Yes, yeah.
0: yes, 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 exactly. Exactly. And, and, and state management, I would say to summarize of all that if I'm not in a great state and, you know, like, for instance, if you meet somebody and that guy is not in a good state, you would say, forget it. I'm not going to do business with that person. That person needs to sort out his own life. So that's one thing I've learned from my, my NLP teachers is that state management is key. And that's where there are a lot of processes to that, how to get to the state management. But but it's all about kind of uh, anchoring. That's the main thing we use in NLP is that anchor your state before any event or before anything you're you're presenting
1: anchor your state okay and you said anchor your state is just kind of looking its just how, how do you how do you explain that again? anchor your state yeah
0: so anchor your state is like if suppose you know if i i, I know that um, that uh, thinking about something is going to make me feel bad like if some you know, business has not gone well so before going to the other customer should i think about some the deal which i lost or should i think about a deal which is going to happen a deal which is you know so the the way is that i am going to visualize something that is going to already happen. The, again, part of NLP is that something has already happened, not something is going to happen. So, I'm already visualizing, I'm already setting an intention that when I go, the deal is already signed and I'm I'm getting away, uh, I'm g- going to go happy, uh, you know, with the contract in the hand. Now, someone might say, well, that is mal- manipulation, you know, you don't have the deal. To you. But the question is that I'm in a different state. Imagine if I'm in a state I may get, I may not get, rather than why don't I get into a beautiful state that I have already got the contract, which makes me feel good, which makes me feel happy, which makes me feel more relaxed when I'm with the client? Than okay, thinking- so
1: kind of getting right into the right energy space, pretty much, it's like the absolutely, negative and positive, absolutely. so you yes, can portray yes. that energy. Okay,
0: absolutely, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Um, hopefully, my audience is taking notes. You can make sure you're in the right state of mind before you go see a customer or anyone. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't absolutely. the wrong type of energy.
0: Yes, yes. That can absolutely. be contagious. Yeah. But okay. So, uh, uh, Sorry, give you yeah. an example like if you're going on a tour and you know you you've gone to a destination and if you're not in a good mood so for instance you you had a bad uh, like you, you lost your luggage the flights were canceled you know with all these things what's happening around us and then you get into a sit into a cab and the taxi driver is also awful uh, then your state also will go bad but imagine if a taxi driver is full of enthusiasm hey welcome to this beautiful place how are and and i'm going to take you around i'm going to be your chauffeur he said hello you know, I've just landed. I'm not in a great state. But if he is in that continuous in that beautiful state, your state will change automatically.
1: OK, I've had that happen before. You just uplift so, just based on your environment.
0: Exactly, exactly. So anchoring that, you know, and that's what I do is that whenever I go for a meeting, uh, I, you know, rather than having the thought I'm going to get, I'm not going to get a thinking about, oh, I'm, who am I going to present? I'm going to get nervousness. So this is one thing I've realized that rather than thinking about that, it's not about me. Even in presenting, it's not about me. It's all about what I'm going to give them. I have the best product. I have the best solution that I can serve them. That they that they will benefit. So that's what my my job is. And listen, if I can I can add value. How can I add value? Because they, as Jim Ron say, that you know people pay you for your value. People don't pay you for your time or the product. They pay you for what value you're adding in the business.
1: Dude, that seems like a way to lower your anxiety as well. Not thinking about it's about yourself, but absolutely. instead thinking about the customer or who you're trying absolutely. to give value to. Yes. Therefore, it's a much easier process. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the one. Yeah. But I do want to tap into limiting beliefs because that's important yeah. right now. A lot of people in this world, they get stuck in their ways. They're afraid. They don't know what to do. They have this image of themselves, maybe from a kid into adulthood and... They just don't believe they can do anything. How do you yeah. like fight that?
0: Absolutely. That's a great question. And that is one part of the NLP, the core part of NLP limiting beliefs. And I can tell you from my example that from my childhood onwards, you know, people that when I was growing up, I was not very good in studies. So I used to have these all these titles, um, you know, um, I'm a failure. I'm good for nothing. I can't do it. Uh, in again, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Money is hard to earn. Uh, money is not for you money is for everybody else so these all these i can't you know i need to have a lot of training i need to have a lot of education to get to there but this is all does the belief it is is just basically uh sentences and we start believing and i started believing at the age between three to eight as i say the limiting beliefs usually is between the age of three to eight and between the eight to twelve so this is very critical so hence when i was working with a children, Data. i made sure what do you say
1: three to eight eight to twelve. Is because your kids are really impressionable at that age?
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is where we program the children unknowingly that, that you know, you cannot do that. You know, this is not good for you. This is not, uh, you know, you need to grow up and then you can do this. But I think so rather than saying that you cannot do it, this is not for you. You cannot achieve it. We have to kind of explain to them and motivate them. Well, this is possible. However, this requires this little bit of skill. So give it more time and you will be able to get it but now you need to so this is where it is we we kind of really don't focus on what how we communicate and that's how it happens uh, the limiting beliefs and that's how most of the people i would say majority are 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 living the life with uh, on on the shadow of the limiting beliefs unconsciously as I say that we think the same thoughts 90% of the same thoughts are 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 what we've repeated you know uh, from the from the previous day and and the previous so it keeps repeating unless and until we change that limiting belief so it's a process limiting belief is not something that you know you change overnight but it's a process um and and it requires lot that affirmations you know as again uh, you need to have a lot of affirmations you need to set your goals you need to set your objectives and the most important thing about what i've learned for limiting belief that can help you is setting your victory log you know like your journaling and setting a victory log and and celebrating the small victories also that makes you feel good and it starts appreciating yourself, you know, that's the thing. Because what, I, what happened because of the limiting belief is that I was not loving myself. And the first thing that I learned from NLP is that I need to appreciate and love myself. No matter what, whatever I have, I may not be that rich, I may not have that education, but what I have is myself and I need to love myself for what God has given me. And once I appreciate that and love myself, things start changing.
1: So those are the things that you would say: affirmation, setting your goals, objectives, victory log, and appreciating yes. the small things, being grateful. Yes,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's a good and, way and to
1: eliminate. To start those. with,
0: to start with, you know, to to because limiting belief is a stem. You know, if one limiting belief belief is through then you have another limiting belief so when you work with a coach and i would highly encourage uh, people to sort of kind of you know get a coach get a mentor and and help so, somebody can take you through the process of the limiting belief because the one belief goes like say for instance i'm not good enough one goes okay why you know what is that limiting belief and when it was established the limiting belief um have i not done something good that i i can say that i'm not good enough or throughout my life i'm not good enough so you know and then this the money is a big problem money is evil money is not uh, good for uh, you know for the growth or i cannot uh, have enough so the the biggest part of the money is is also a very big thing i cannot have all the happiness in the world according to whom the other thing what we learned according to whom who says that you cannot have it
1: yeah that's that's a big thing <laughs> like I've, i heard of a scientist no, not a scientist but I heard a wise man say that you have to challenge your thoughts, like automatic yes. negative thoughts. Yes. Um, you have to ask, um, why is this true? Is this yeah, true? Absolutely. Who says? Absolutely. Who is saying that this is true? Yes. Yes. can yes. prove
0: okay. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would like to add just one more thing in that is that asking those great questions is that, is this a limiting belief serving me? You know, what, or is it really important for me at this moment? You know, how is it serving me? For so many years, I've been under the shadow. What can I do to make sure that I uh, by let go of this and then, you know, kind of bring in the new belief? And that's where the affirmation, that's where that, you know, thought comes in that. Like, for instance, I'm grateful and I'm thankful that I have a beautiful life. I'm grateful and thankful that I am very healthy and happy. I'm grateful and thankful that, you know, I am rich of abundance. You know, I have abundance of happiness. So this is what will, because the subconscious mind has programmed that. So how can I let that go and bring in more? So it's like replacing. You cannot kind of bring it through it you know but
1: you need to replace it with some positive and powerful thoughts okay um you know that's, that's a powerful thing you just said yeah your subconscious it's just automatic you just got to be conscious in a moment and kind of switch it out but i do want to get into mindfulness now that you bring that up yes. how important is. is mindfulness in a present moment because a lot of time we're thinking about the past and then
0: we're not mindful of the present that's a very, very important topic. Absolutely. And, and uh, again, you know, the NL, NL, NLP uh, really has taught us that uh, first I understood about the thoughts. You know, a lot of people say the mindfulness. Um, some people have that imagination saying that, oh, you know, mindfulness means you can stop the thoughts. Ha- asking the thought, thought to stop itself a thought. You know, so <laughs> there's no way that you can. Thoughts will keep coming. But one thing I can say about mindfulness is John kabat zinn has, you know, has beautifully put it and he's the master when it comes to mindfulness. And the other person I learned from is that Ming, uh, I think so is Mr. Ranpoche. Um, uh, so basically he's a monk uh, and then from um, in, in Nepal. Um, so the, the one thing what I learned from them is that how to be in the present moment. So if you had a very, very layman definition is that, Just be in the present moment. The thoughts will keep coming and going. But, um, you know, practice breathing. Like, for instance, you know, inhale and exhale. Now, the most important is I find that people, sometimes they don't know how to inhale and exhale. You know, when you inhale, what happens to your diaphragm? When you exhale, what happens to your diaphragm? So does it contract? Does it, uh, you know, does it expand? So that's the first thing to understand that what is the right type of breathing? You know, and I feel once you know that, then you're able to inhale and exhale. And then again, inhale and exhale is like some people breathe through the nose and exhale through the nose. That is also okay. But what I have learned is that inhaling and exhaling, inhale from the nose and exhale through the mouth. So I'm just going to give you an example. So when you inhale, so you can hold it for about three or four seconds. You know, let the oxygen go because you're you know getting the oxygen every part of the body, even the brain. And then you exhale at the count of four. Like. So you're releasing all that negative energy and you feel really great. And you do that for about a minute and then you count your breath. That's a challenge, you know. So you count your breath. The thoughts will come. You might think about pizza. You might think about your dinner. You might think about what is what is the plan for the next day. Let them come. Welcome them. I used to fight them, but now I welcome them. And I'm now, the good news is that I'm able to sit for meditation, practice meditation for an hour without getting agitated, without getting, you know, disturbed. So that started by five minutes of practice, and then eventually ten minutes and twenty minutes, and you know. So counting
1: your breaths just keep you in that present moment.
0: Yeah, that will be the first step, I think. So, like like John uh, Kabat had sent one beautiful example. He said that when you're in shower, you uh, when you're you know in the shower, just just check where is your thought. Uh, Are you in the present moment? Are you in the past, or are you in the future? You know. So if you're in the past. Then you're thinking all about what happened. That's not going to serve you. You can learn from it, but there's not going to no point in dwelling. And if you're thinking about the future, it has not happened. Yes, it's great to set goals and objectives, but what about the present? You know, are you appreciating the present moment?
1: Oh, that's a good so, point you make. Yeah, being present, that's on the only way you're gonna make it to the future. And if you're not being accountable and executing today, and that that future is going to be different. So it's no point in exactly. thinking about it. Exactly. It's better to exactly. be in the present. Like I, I see a lot of people make that mistake. Like they think too yes. much about the future, but they don't do enough yes. in the present.
0: Exactly. But exactly.
1: With that being said, let's get on to the topic of goals and vision. I want to talk about yeah. setting your goals and visualizing and the proper process. A lot of time we don't know how to set goals.
0: Yes. And a lot of people yes, just
1: hope for the best and, they might pray, which is a great thing to do, but they don't act on it. They don't keep yes. track.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, this is something you know. I, I I used to know. I used to set goals, but again, you know, I, I give this credit to uh, um, uh, Jack Canfield for for this wonderful, uh, you know, in journey and success principles. But what I learned from him is that again, whether it's Jim ron and and all the other. Motivational speakers and, and trainers on success uh, is one thing that I have learned that is is very important to write down your goals. Uh, I used to just think in the head, oh, I have this goal and 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 you know this is this is what I want to achieve, but I never wrote down. And what Jack says challenging is that write down one hundred one goals, one zero one goals, whatever that may be, like whether it is travel, whether it is business, whether it is family, whether it is you is know, that one hundred and one you know, goals. Yeah, that's why he says 101. And I said, no way I'm going to write 101. I've not written even five goals. And what is 101 goals? But I took it as a challenge because I said that I haven't done something uh, that has really got me to that level where I want to be. Why not try something that will get me to that level where there is guaranteed success? And I started doing that. And and the principle behind writing your goals is that the first is that you write down the goals so that, you know, it's your dream. So at least when you're at the age of 80, you know, and you're sitting on the rocking chair, you don't want to think about, oh, I should have done that. Oh, I could have done that. So I should, I could, I would. Those are all eliminated. You write it down. And then from those goals, you pick up three top goals, you know, for, for, for that. What am I going to work on? And then you start visualizing as if they had already happened. Um, you know, is it as I said, it could be a travel destination. It could be your career goal. It could be something that, um, you know, you want to achieve really, really. You've not been like singing. Some could someone be like, I want to do singing. You know, that could be their goal or a hobby, a painting, something that they have not tried. But it's important to write it down and then visualize it. See how things are, you know, how you're going to make it happen. Because visualization is very, very key. It is something also I realized that I never used to visualize it. Visualize as if it has already happened. Visualize as it is, is already, you know, it's it's there. So when you reach, like a lot of people want to become a millionaire, you know, <laughs> they don't want to become. Uh, they never say, "I want to achieve uh, 99 million uh, or, or 900." It's always come with a one million, you know. Uh, so so basically, but how to get to the million? Visualization will help them, you know. Kind of thinking that I have already achieved it, and once they get it, they are they are they're living that life already. So that's what the goal setting and visualization cups, And then the third one to add on that is affirmation. You know, that I am uh, a millionaire. Uh, I am happy and grateful that I I see the million dollars in my account. I am happy and uh, grateful that I am enjoying the life of uh, freedom, of, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, of of wealth, basically. Um, So that's what affirmation helps, basically. But the most important thing of goal setting is that I would like to add is that the smart goals where we say is that when you set a goal, say, for instance, I want to, you know, do I want to be a painter, for instance, I want to start painting by when and and uh, you're going to do that. You know, that's the most important thing. Like, for instance, I need to set a goal. I'm going to do the painting by when? By June 30th. So deadlines? Deadli- exactly. Set yourself. How do you feel
1: about to- the smart goals? Like yeah, exactly. specific, measurable?
0: I've exactly Exactly. yeah specific measuring uh, smart uh, goals you know so so the mo- the other part is that if you don't know the the timeline then probably you will not probably achieve it you know you'll say okay if not now not later and you will not have that enthusiasm so that's very important to set the clear goal that i'm going to achieve it by this date and then let people know that this is your goal so that maybe they can help you you know to achieve that goal also uh, and one final tip is, is for, for people to write their goals and achieve that and, and really get to that is that, that um, affirmations, visualization, and there was something I it just came up and popped up and popped out, you know, but I'll, I'll, I'll get through. But again, you know, goal setting is very, very important for setting a beautiful life. Um, and the thoughts will come, you know, and, and yes, the, the, it came. It's very important to set the why, why are you setting this goal and what this goal is going to get you for? Outcome. So you need to have a purpose. See, so if I'm doing painting, why am I doing painting for? What is the purpose? You know, forget it. I'm not going to do it. It's boring. But if I put a purpose that by painting, I'm going to express myself and I'm going to, you know, share my, my expressions with throughout the world, not me through the words, but through my painting and, you know, uh, that how, what the world is going to look like, how this earth is going to be in, in the next 20 years. That way, I am contributing towards the society.
1: So uh, let me break it down for my audience so they can write it down. Uh, So as far as goal setting, what I wrote down, make sure, like, write 101 goals, pick the three top, visualize, or act as if they already happen, and that's so you can um, understand what qualities you need to obtain or beliefs or thoughts to obtain it visualize, affirmations, deadline, or you won't do it. I feel like yeah. deadline is like really important. Because if Absolutely. you don't set Absolutely. a deadline,
0: you're going to be
1: like five years from now, i do it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And the
1: why and the outcome. Yeah. So you Absolutely. can Outcome
0: is very important. Yes. Exactly. So you can
1: overcome adversities when something arise. Absolutely.
0: There's something to wake up in the morning and do something. I can give you a very simple example for people, for the audience, for the audience is that like if you want to buy a car, you know, you want to buy a car and you've been... You wanted to dream. You've been dreaming about a car. But the thing is that one important thing, you set a goal by when and that that is right, but you kind of visualize it. You you take a picture, put it in your, on your wall, put it in your refrigerator and you see it every day that this is the car I want, this is the color I want and I want it by this time. So what happens is that then the brain starts figuring it out, you know, saying that the rec- they say the RAS, the reticular activation system gets into place and that kind of Sh- then gives you all shows you all the signs and the opportunities that and it gets you closer to your dreams that's what subconscious mind is all about that you have said that i want this car by this time the whole system starts working
1: oh that's why i guess vision boards are so important too especially hey, if you see it exactly every
0: day. i was going to come to that yeah absolutely 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 but khalid this requires all requires effort and, and that's the difference between successful people and, you know, kind of, uh, I would say that uh, everyone is successful, but probably they have not put in the effort. And this requires effort, real, real effort, but effort with a lot of pleasure.
1: Yes, you definitely want to enjoy the process or it's going to just feel like it's dragging you, yeah. I mean, you're just not going to continue. But yeah. my next question is, um, how do we improve our communication with teenagers?
0: Ah, <laughs> that's a good question. Good question. Yeah, teenagers, you know, is is I would say is it's all the same around the world, and that's what I found. It's not that you know it's a little bit different in 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 UAE or India or uh, Europe. Everywhere around the world, it's the same. What I have learned is that that communicating with them in a as a friend, you know, rather than as a parent. Um, this is where the first thing it'll make a difference is that, you know, kind of trying to understand and appreciating them and acknowledging them. Uh, Sometimes we kind of, as a parent, we kind of say, you're supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do this. We set rules and guidelines. That's great. We need to set that because it's it's for their betterment, you know, as they're growing. But how about if we set it in a different way as a friend and we explain to them that if you do this, this is the uh, outcome. And if you do this and this is the outcome. So that's one important factor we need to and and, and teach them because all the skills today Khalil, is that they don't learn in the school. They don't learn about finance. They don't learn about values. They don't learn about, you know, kind of how to really uh, overcome stress and anxiety and overcome depression. And what are the signs of, you know, school is all about education. But if we teach them this and if we give them the values and, and make them more strength and empower them, things will be different, really different, you know. And, and one thing I would like to add is that what I, what I usually tell them is that, you know, how much time do you spend? Like if there are three or four children in the family, do you spend time with each individual child or do you spend as a collective, as a family? They always say we collectively. But it's very important to spend time with each, um, uh, you know, your, your child, like a boy, girl, spend time with them and understand what do they want? What are they going through? What are the challenges they are facing? It will make a big difference in their life.
1: Correct, correct. We have to talk to them like they're people, not just like they're kids, respect them, respect their opinions. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Talk to them as if we want
1: somebody to talk to ourselves.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I can share with you just a story, a practical, you know, so this was uh, uh, between uh, Rose and Mary. So, you know, Rose uh, was about like, I think she was about 14 years old. Uh, not uh, yeah about 12 years old so she comes to uh, uh she was about 12 but from a childhood she used to always come she had this habit of sharing with her mom when she used to come back home oh this happened that happened you know she used to be so excited but after a certain age i would say about like after 10 or 11 something like that that kind of age she stopped sharing you know and then uh, and as she was growing older uh, eight after 12 She, a mom wanted to listen what was happening, you know, um, and she never noticed for so many years that she had, she kind of was not listening. And that's the reason she stopped sharing. So that kind of gap grew quite long. And when she went into the college, uh, you know, she just stopped sharing. She just started sharing with her friends and and she was not communicating. The parents were really, the mother was so, uh, so, um, you know, wanted to listen, wanted to know what's happening in the college. But I felt that that time when she had an opportunity, when she used to come home and, you know, she wants to to share, share, share. And that was stopped, you know, for no reason. She was busy cooking or whatever that is. She was not paying attention. That kind of made a difference. That's why I said the age of three, eight and and eight to 12 is very, very critical. If we ignore that age, it is very difficult to get it back after after that, uh, you know, get them to communicate with you. I can see that, yes.
1: Because once that's gone it's hard to re-establish that that connection yeah, yeah. but i do yeah. want to and talk
0: about yeah
1: go ahead oh no no carry on
0: no also what i learned working with the teenagers you know with the power of MLP is that like you know music i was not that great in music so i i knew about music but justin Bieber or or uh, you know uh, the other other artists uh, ariana grande and uh, um hip hops and uh, so Lady Gaga, I was not aware. I was aware. i had heard about it, but not much aware. But they used to play these songs. And then I got excited. I said, okay, let's play on your music and let me hear what, and explain to me about One Direction. And, you know, they were all this One Direction fans. And uh, K-pop. Uh, so I learned it, you know. And then I used to play those songs. This is, sir, you learned it. I said, yeah, I want to be like you. That made a big shift. So now I'm not someone else teaching them, but I'm like them.
1: Now you have something in common to talk about.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's how you connect
1: with people. You got to find something to connect with. But my next question was, um, I know you said you were a motivational speaker as well. What five tips would you give someone that's trying to get into the, to their certain niche? Maybe they have like, they want to talk to kids or adults and a certain um, theme, maybe about business or sales what tips would you give that person? What five tips would you would, give them to start?
0: Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, and the most important I would say is that um, you know, the first one would be is that go for it. You know, if you feel and the, before that, I would say is that you need to have the passion because, you know, motivational speaker is, is just not motivating uh, people, but it's like getting them to take action. You know, you you can motivate, uh, like I've seen so many motivational speakers, they go, oh, yeah, hi, there's, there's this big buzz. Yes, yes, let's go for it. And after that one hour or, or they would go home and then forget about everything. And then and the next day is the same thing. But how about if you get them to take action, if you kind of make a little change, show them some way. Uh, or a path to kind of uh, change their life or change where they are in right now i think that will make a big difference so if somebody is trying to get into the motivational uh, speaking arena is that first of all go for it you know if that's something f- and find your passion again find the why and and what is the result end result going to be you know so that would be the first um tip basically and the second one is rather than you know finding uh, re- you know uh, what can i do on Learn from the mentors. You know, like, as I said, I've been following Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, Opera. So these are the people I've been learning. Like, I've been listening to their speeches and how do they deliver? What are the points they deliver? And, you know, kind of make a difference. Um, Like, I learned from Opera, one beautiful stuff about gut feeling, you know? I had no clue about gut feeling uh, and how to follow your heart from a 2008 Stanford speech. You know, that made a big difference. From that... Yeah, from that one spe one message has changed my life. So imagine just by listening to her, I've never met her. Love to meet her one day. But but just by listening to the her show, Oprah Winfrey show, you know the, the Super Soul Sunday, that has given me a new way of living. That's how I found Jack Canfield. That's how I found you know John kabat zayn That's how I found all the other speakers. You know.
1: Yeah, I heard one powerful thing she said. It's all about intent,
0: yes. thought, and action. Yes. Like
1: when you go into a meeting. Yes ask what yes. are the tensions so now you're not wasting exactly. your time. And now you have exactly. that process and you know where you're starting from, what goal,
0: Yes. yes. which I thought Absolutely. was really important,
1: just yeah. like goals yeah. or anything you do in yeah. life.
0: Yeah. And one other thing I learned from uh, Jack and, and, and Tony Robbins is that uh, the you know try to attend as many seminars, listen to podcasts like what you're doing. You're doing a great job. And every speaker who comes on board, TEDx, you know, uh, and I try to listen. I try to learn even one point And who knows, when you go to the seminar or when you engage with somebody, there might be someone whom you know can help you to do to get you to the next level, you know. Because you are just, as they say, uh, that you are just nine steps away from getting to your goal. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer, sometimes three steps, sometimes. Or they say also from nine doors away. But you need to keep knocking. If you don't knock, you will not know whether the opportunity was there or not. So you need to keep knocking. So motivation is all about, you know, kind of keep moving ahead. There will be a lot of rejections in life. There will be a lot of obstacles. But that's what motivation is all about. Motivate Those who are motivated, they never stop. Uh, true, and true. Then, and then that's what I, I like to share with people. You know, always have that motivation. And, and one the other thing is that um, a motivation is, again, you know, being a practical example. Walk your talk. If you are not uh, in into goals or if you're not writing, you're like, I always say for successful people, journaling, you know, is very important, as I mentioned, setting your goals, objectives. Uh, if you if you don't do that as as a person, probably your audience may not do that as well. You know, they will say, well, I have not seen this person doing it. So why should I follow that person? So lead by example? Exactly. Exactly. And I can share a story, a quick story about, you know, Gandhi, uh, you know, when, when a uh, um, uh, mother took her son to, to Gandhi and said you know he's eating a lot of sugar cane can you stop him can you just say to stop him to eat uh, you know eat, eat this, not to eat too much of sugar cane he said okay bring him back next week and so she said bring him back next week just to say him not to eat you want me to bring him back next week she was thinking she said bring him right back next week so he goes by she goes back next week with the son Gandhi then says, uh, uh, Mahatma Gandhi says to the son, um, you know, to the boy. He says, "You know what? Sugar is not good. You, you want to, you want to grow healthier, and you know, you want to do big. So try not to eat too much of sugar." He says, "That's it. Then why didn't you tell last week?" <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi says, "He said that time I was eating, so I had to first see whether I can stop, and then I had to tell him." So that is a great <laughs> example, funny. yeah, that walk your talk. If you cannot do it, other people won't do it, and that's what I realized.
1: That's powerful. I try to do that as a health coach myself. I know there's a lot of things that I can't do. And if I do do it and I tell someone else not to do it, then I'm not leading by example.
0: Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, you know, really the principles uh, first is you follow it and you try to do it and kind of and see how it comes and then it becomes very, very powerful. And the other one is that, you know, you know, kind of keep uh, educating yourself, you know, keep learning new things, uh, because there are so many tools, like how you can help people to take like a process, for instance, a motivational speaker can make a big difference by taking someone through phobias, taking some fear, you know, but it's not just motivating, but you've taken someone through a process. So that means you become more credible, you become more people start following you more, you know.
1: Okay, I got three more questions for you. Go ahead. So me. you just tapped into one of my favorite subjects too, professional development, which I'm a fan of. How do you think people can excel in whatever they're doing especially if they're not in school? Like l- like you said you listen to a lot of Jack Canfield. Yes. So what what tips would you give somebody? Like it could be books, webinars, seminars, finding a coach. What tips yeah. would you give someone to develop themselves? Yeah. Like I feel like um like you said about um, Jim Rohn, uh, it's about the value you give to your audience, your community, that will develop, that will determine your value.
0: Yeah, like, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so the, the most important I would say in in, in in this aspect is that professional development requires your commitment. You know, when I started learning NLP, um, you know, that required me to travel to the U.S. That required me to stay there, learn, um, you know, the first and then be an assistant. Because when you get an uh, um, uh, opportunity to be a resource person, you know, we call a resource person assistant. Then you learn more from the trainers because now you are interacting with the trainers regularly. And then you are as an observer, you're looking at how the participants are performing uh, and how they are doing, how you can help them to ease their Uh, you know, if there is any questions, any doubts, or, you know, they they have some anxieties about the program, so how you can help them. So this is what helps. That requires a lot of investment, um, uh, personal development, uh, and also requires a lot of passion. If you're really passionate, I can learn something and I can leave it. I could have learned something and left it. A lot of people do that. They learn something and then leave it. But if you really want to go ahead in your life, you start something, go for it like i've been doing toastmasters you know also as a personal development that comes into toastmasters um, but i didn't leave it yes initially it was a bit of a challenge i had no clue about and you know standing on the stage as i say people they say that biggest phobia or, or is that i would love to die or the, because the fear is that i would love to die rather than go onto the stage and speak you know <laughs> uh, for you in a minute or so but that's what it is you know go for it uh, and 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 jump into it you know take the action um but if you think over it never going to happen take action and this is how you will develop your skills and then you will find out as you move forward that what is good for you you know which which is this good for me you know is it motivational speaking is it training is it maybe uh counseling is it therapy something whatever you will come to know as you go further. but go for it first is to take action
1: got it so hopefully my audience taking notes commitment passion take action don't overthink and just grow yourself. Everything yes. you have is within, like yes, unless you're outside and circumstances.
0: Mentor. Yeah, and mentor. mentor, like a virtual mentor, or, or who you can speak to, and find out how they have been successful in their field. You know, and that that'll be that'll be a great help because they say you don't want to go all around. You know, you want to go cut the. Um, well, you, you want to find a blueprint. Yeah, exactly, blueprint. You want to model them. Uh, and then, and then you yeah, cut the maze through and get the, to the cheese. There's a saying, right? Cut the maze and get to the cheese. You don't want to go around? No? <laughs> yeah,
1: you, you want to find a shortcut. Find somebody. I, I do that exactly, in my business.
0: Exactly. But I, and they all had mentors. Whether uh, whether Tony Robbins has said, uh, whether Jack Anfield, W. Clement Stone, John Ron, uh, Jim Ron had a mentor as well. So they all talk about the mentor, which is very, very key.
1: Yeah, it's important. That's 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 very valuable where where can people find you uh
0: yeah thank you for asking that um so uh, on the facebook uh, with delta nlp minds uh and the website uh, as well as Delta NLP minds uh so yeah they can they can um you know feel free to ask any questions any doubts they have and i have dedicated my life uh, to sharing as well you know i'm not someone who kind of, you know, want to kind of, uh, I always want to give in return. And and during my coaching sessions or during my seminars and training, I usually always go a little bit overboard on on timing. So I have to always say, you know, give me, you know, five, 10 minutes more. Because I always want to give as much as what I have learned. And that's what I learned from my NLP teacher, uh, Robert Dills. He said that, uh, uh, you know, always give because what we have received uh, and if we can share with people and make a life difference in their life, they will always appreciate it. And that's the biggest blessing I think so one can have. The biggest wealth is the blessings and, and the changes that you can make in their life. So I'm quite happy to share whatever I have learned, uh, you know, and and, 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 and and if I can make a difference in their life, absolutely, I'm, it'll be a great honor and pleasure.
1: Yeah, that's, that's an amazing thing to want, to give to people, give value to people. But also, I have his links below if anybody yeah. want to find them. But my last question for you: What do you see yourself in five years?
0: Ah, great question! Thank you. <laughs> well, I I see myself uh, really uh, traveling all around the world and and touching people's life, igniting a passion, and, and and making making a difference. You know, that's what I want to see is that um, as as a speaker, as a trainer, as a coach, uh, that that one thing that. Uh, people one thing I would get if if, a, if there was a training sessions or anything the one thing feedback I would get is that that um, when I came to this se- when I came to his session um, I didn't know what what I would get but when I'm leaving now I'm so happy and I'm grateful that I have I've changed my life at this moment at this time and and I'm, I'm all free of fears and phobia that's something which is really rewarding for me and that's what I want to see myself uh, making a difference in, in you know in, in, in the coming years and in the five years I see myself
1: so you see yourself traveling more and just giving value yes. to people. Who are yes, like,
0: absolutely, okay. absolutely. Traveling different places, different culture. Because I love to learn from different cultures. You know, and, different, and every culture is so unique and so beautiful. You know, so and when you go, you you kind of relate with them. You make relations um, and, and kind of um, uh, make a difference. You know, that's that's what it is for me.
1: That's my mission. That's your mission? Okay. Yeah. Well, my next question is going to be really important then. Now we're about to get into the I Don't Active Health round. I'd like to ask my guests five questions to end the show off. My first yes. question for you is, what is your purpose in this world?
0: Oh, wow. That's a wonderful. Uh, so the purpose uh, purpose in this world is to uh, be a success coach and, and ignite passion uh, in individuals and empower them with all the resources and tools that can change the life.
1: That was an amazing answer. I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna have to re- watch this recording and write that down. My second question is: What are some things you do to relieve like your cortisol levels? Because you say you meditate, you've been doing that for thirty years, but a lot of people get stressed in life. That's why yeah. we can't follow our goals because we may have adversities. But you, for you. What do you do to lower your stress levels, your cortisol levels?
0: Yeah. So one thing, again, you know, I've learned very, uh, very powerful is that what you say to yourself, if you're going through a, like a, uh, some, you know, maybe you're going to give a speech or you're presenting or, or or something is going in your head, financial worries, what is you're telling yourself at that moment that I, I and then you're pro- projecting that image, that is what is going to happen to you because the body doesn't know the difference between the real and, and you know. What is not fact. Like when we say the laughter yoga, I, I also do a little bit of laughter yoga. You know, when we, when we say take people through laughter yoga, you don't know. The body doesn't know what's going on in your life. So when you laugh, you laugh, you laugh. You You bring in that happiness. You're, you know, releasing endorphins and, you know, other uh, happy um, chemicals. So that's why you reduce the cortisol. So not projecting what is happening, you know, in your life, probably the financial, any worries, but projecting Something that is not is, is um, you know something that is going to happen, like for instance something good, something a happy state, a happy destination. You think about that, and that will reduce your cortisol.
1: Okay, okay. Just channeling your thoughts, being one with your thoughts, and, and changing Absolutely. it. Absolutely,
0: and being again in the present moment. So I always when I'm you know that happens to me, then I you know focus on my breathing. Breathing is really powerful, very very powerful.
1: Okay. Um, my third question: What is your morning routine? What do you do when you wake up to get sh- your mind ready and your body your body ready for the day? Cause that's really important. Some people they may start off wrong, and it just yeah. leads to worry.
0: <laughs> yeah, as you say, you know, some people are evening people, and some people are you know late afternoon people. You know, some people don't see the sunrise at all. You know, they they're yeah. just uh, I would see they only see the sunset. So, yeah, the morning is very important. I, I wake up in the morning at 4 a.m. For instance, my, my day starts at 4 a.m. I do meditation for one hour. Then I I, I kind of uh, read something very powerful, something empowering, and, and then go to the gym. Again, you know, I set the day, not in the morning, but I set the day previous night, writing the journal and setting, well, how am I going to set the day next day? You know, what is my intent? What am I supposed to do? So really setting that intent uh, for the next day, that helps me to get start the day. And And again, you know... <clears throat> setting a purpose as you, as you asked the first question, what is my purpose in life? What am I there to give? Um, so really, uh, empowering myself as well. Um, so this is how I start the day and then I cook as well myself. So that's my routine. So it keeps me pretty busy. So meditation, um, you know, empowering thoughts, writing, and then going to the gym or, or practicing yoga and then preparing the food in the morning, you know, food for the mind, food for the body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, and having that's having a wonderful healthy breakfast that also motivates me. That's that if I if I miss and if I sleep, you know, everything is gonna go away.
1: That ties into my next question. What foods do you like to eat to uh, nourish your mind and your body that gives you energy?
0: And that's that a great great question. Great question. So I'm a vegetarian. So uh, first thing in the morning, I start with an apple because they say that an apple a day keeps the doctor away. I start with some fruit, and I used to love the um uh, what they call it the um oats uh you know the the musli or what do we call it the oats porridge um so that's what's something I start the day that keeps me you know filled at least for three four hours um you know because it's a busy day so that's something I really start but fruits is something I really recommend. So wherever I go in the world, I'll try to get an apple. You know that's that's how I start my day.
1: Amazing. My last yeah. question is what workouts yes. do you do to simulate your money, your body like you said, uh Well, we didn't talk about it, but when you work out, you lower your insulin levels and you get that adrenaline rush, clear mind, and it's healthy for your
0: body and your mind. So what workouts do you like to do in the mornings? Um, yeah, I try to do kind of different ones. Like, for instance, one day I will plan for, you know, uh, kind of yoga and kind of Pilates uh, type of, you know, exercises, uh, build the core. Uh, and then some days I'll probably lift the weight, uh, you know, like dumbbells and, and the other other uh, uh, weight exercises I would probably do um, shoulder press and a few others. Uh, but I kind of mix and match. Uh, I, so for my routine is that I tend to do four days in a gym. And then two days, I tend to go for a walk, at least an hour uh, for a walk. So this is usually so that gives me I'm connected with the nature as well, and I am able to breathe and able to stretch. Um, So this is what I generally do. But yeah, it's fun. It's really really fun to start the day with some exercise in the morning. You know, as what you're doing, um, you know, you're really really big advocate of of um, healthy exercising, Uh, and this is what I would recommend. You know, that if there is something that if you're going through some problems or challenges or anxiety go and work out, find a trainer. Trainer is very important because I realize that if you don't train properly, then you might hurt your back, lower back. You may not get the results. So whether it's coaching and in, in life or whether it's training, I'm a big advocate of doing that. So it's very important to get a trainer if, you, if you're if you starting.
1: Very important. Well, I want to say thank you. Thank you to my audience for checking into the Iron on Active Health show. It was amazing to have you out here and it was amazing to have you as a guest. I hope my thank audience you, learned you. more about neurologistic uh programming and meditation and hopefully they took a lot of notes on how to eliminate self-limiting thoughts and um just go after their goals and be yes. successful yes. at anything they do
0: yes absolutely absolutely now, thank you thank you khalil for this opportunity i really really appreciate that
1: uh thank you thank i hope you. you have a wonderful day